For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello and welcome back to the Sports Ethos, Atlanta Hawks Team Coverage Podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and like a lot of you Hawks fans, I am disappointed at the ending of that Milwaukee Bucks-Atlanta Hawks game. Hawks played their heart out. Trey Young had a monster game, but an offensive foul called on the second-to-last possession for the Atlanta Hawks that was very questionable. A very questionable call, and I went as far on Twitter as to say it was a bad call. Terrible call. To call that in one of the pivotal moments of an NBA basketball game in the fourth quarter, both teams playing great, stars on display in Milwaukee, and you make that call, and then you, I know for a lot of you guys on Twitter, especially Hawks Twitter circulating, the foul that was called, or the non-foul that was called in Chicago in the 76ers game, that it's just it's just inexcusable. It's just inexcusable. And you hate for for the valiant effort that the Hawks gave tonight to be overshadowed by that call. So that's not what I'm gonna do here. I said my piece on it, it's a bad call. I would be really interested to see the officials review that and see what the report that comes out. And you guys who have followed the NBA and watched NBA games, when there are mistakes that are found in NBA games that were missed by the officials in that game, there's a report that comes out, especially the last two minutes of each game, where the league will come out and say, this should have been this call. And I'll be very curious to see if that comes out in favor of the Hawks tomorrow once the officials are able to review that last play. But if you have not read between the lines to start this program out, Hawks fell in Milwaukee 123-115. The Milwaukee Bucks move on to 5-0, still the only undefeated team in the NBA. Hawks fall 2-4-2 after going on a two-game winning streak on the road. And it's a tough pill to swallow tonight. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do the good. I'm gonna do the good tonight because you guys know I'm a very positive person. The Hawks show the rest of the league what they're about. I mean, yeah, you give up 123 points, but that's the Bucks. That's Giannis. Giannis is virtually one of the most if not the most unguardable player in the NBA. He's going to get his. I mean, he had his tonight, 34 points. Uh, 
He had a lot of free throws, 19 free throw attempts. That was something else that was very questionable, how many calls that Giannis got. And his missed free throws definitely helped the Hawks. He had eight missed free throws tonight. And Trey Young did Trey Young things. He scored a season-high 42 points, shot 15 of 32 from the floor, 5 of 10 from three, added five assists, six rebounds, only had two turnovers tonight. Trey Young was masterful tonight. Absolutely masterful. And the stars were out in Milwaukee as I tweeted out. And it just it's just tough to see the game end like that. But the Hawks showed a lot tonight. They showed that with the team that is arguably the best team in the NBA right now, record-wise they are. They're the best team in the East, and in my opinion, they are one of my favorites to win it all this year, along with the Golden State Warriors. For you to battle on their home floor on a second night of a back-to-back, both teams were on a second night of a back-to-back. The Bucks didn't travel. The Hawks did, and to give that effort and that performance tonight shows this team has continuity. This team is going to be a force. That backcourt and Trey Young and DeJounte Murray is for real. And the Hawks are for real. I hope that this doesn't let let them down. I hope they don't get too down on themselves in this game. And this carries over to when they take on a really good Raptors team that the Hawks in the last two, three seasons have struggled with. My first year covering this team, they did well against the Raptors. Last year, they struggled And now we're on season three of me covering the Hawks. And it's still a lot of the nucleus intact in Toronto. Same as Atlanta. So it's going to be a hell of a contest when they take on each other on Monday night. And let me make sure that it's on Monday night. Yeah, that's correct. Monday night, 730, up in the six. Hawks will be four and two going into that contest. The Raptors, as of right now, are three and three. So two Pretty good teams in the Eastern Conference are going to duke it out. With the loss tonight, the Hawks dropped to third in the Eastern Conference. Right now, the Toronto Raptors are seventh in the Eastern Conference. But back to tonight's game, don't let those calls or the end result get you discouraged. There's a lot of encouraging things that I saw in this game. But there's also room for improvement as well. Like I said, Trey Young was Trey Young. That was great. That was absolutely great. He was unstoppable from the first quarter. I mean, he had 17 first quarter points. He was unstoppable. Uh, I have a friend of mine who is a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I texted him and said, you're going to have to figure out how to guard Trey Young. You're going to have to guard Trey Young. And I know what some people must say, especially if you're a Bucks supporter. Hey, we don't even have Chris Middleton. That's true. The Hawks don't have bogey. That's true. That's another scoring punch to account for off the bench that the Hawks still have not had back in the lineup. And it's going to take probably, i say, about another month before bogey's probably back on the court playing NBA minutes. And I'm going to bring him on slowly but surely. But there was a lot of encouraging things in this Hawks game. 
Uh, DeAndre Hunter continues to be in double digits. 14 points, 4 of 10 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3, continues to rebound well. He had 5 tonight. Capella had a good game, 11 points, 10 rebounds. I think I want to say this is his first double-double of the season. He was 5 of 8 from the floor, definitely played some solid defense tonight, had two steals and a block. John Collins didn't get as many touches tonight, which was the biggest disappointment, in my opinion, for the Hawks. He ended with four points, five rebounds, two assists. Only had four shot attempts, was two or four from the floor. Thought we could have utilized John Collins a little bit more tonight, and I will always advocate for that. Uh, DeJounte Murray had a good game, 21 points, 9 of 19 shooting from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3. He had 5 rebounds, 6 assists. He also added 2 steals on the defensive end, so DeJounte Murray continues to play very well. He had the second highest plus minus on the team behind Oyeka Okongwu, who had a highlight reel dunk. I said that Oneka Okongwu, who landed on Giannis's neck when he dunked on him, Okongwu was basically Giannis's uh, airplane pillow. That's basically what it was around his neck. But Okongwu had the highest plus minus tonight. He was plus six. Into the game was six points, six rebounds, one assist, one block. Uh, in the early part of the, of the fourth quarter, Justin Holiday, who had been struggling with his shot to start the season, was really the guy that helped keep things going along with DeJounte Murray in the early part of that fourth quarter while Trey Young was resting. And I thought that the bench unit with Murray, Holiday, Aaron Holiday in that stretch in the early part of the fourth quarter was the biggest impact as far as on this game for the Hawks to keep it close. The Bucks led most of the game. I mean, they had the lead from pretty much mid-first quarter, until the Hawks took it on a Trey Young three where he shot it from damn near Madison, Wisconsin, um, one of his five three-pointers that ended up taking the lead in the fourth quarter. But that, that second unit, which was criticized, played and competed very well on both ends of the floor. That second unit comes out and they play defense. They move the ball. And sometimes shots do not necessarily fall. And I know the cries of we lost a Herder trade, especially when you see Herder's stats from today in the win for the Kings, the first win of the year for the Sacramento Kings and 27 points from Kevin Herder. I know you missed that when you continue to look at offense if you're a fan. But we make trade. We made this trade because of defense and that second unit defense was really good tonight. Really good tonight. I thought it was a stabilizing force and it helped the Hawks stay in the game while Trey Young got spells. That should not be overlooked. I understand that you're going to see, I mean, you're, Kevin Love, Kavon is a beloved figure in Atlanta. Beloved figure. I miss him on his team as well. I was reluctant to see him go. But you have to realize the Hawks needed to get better on defense and they are better on defense this year. They are. Like I said, I'm going to wait a little, little bit to, for the numbers to average out and see what the defensive rating is for the Atlanta Hawks. But I'm going to bet that it's better than last year. So I'm not going to be on a soapbox saying we lost to Kevin Herter trade because of some knee-jerk reactions of Justin Holiday missing shot after shot 
when he's on a new team in a new system with new teammates, figuring out his role and trying to get his shot back. And for him to give us 10 points tonight, four or five shooting, two or three from three in the defense that he played, I am never, never, ever, ever going to fret at that. He played a hell of a game. I think he's going to give us more good games. And remember, Bogey's a part of this bench unit. So before you boo-hoo and cry and throw your arms up and complain about management, about Herter being gone, remember what we got to get better at. Defense wins championship. And I'll tell you what, we damn sure weren't going to win a championship with all those offensive players with Gallo and Herter. We weren't going to. What was the problem in that Eastern Conference Finals? We couldn't get stops. We got some stops tonight. We had some unfavorable calls tonight, though. But it shows that defensively, we are a step closer with this team this year. Even though it's early, the sample size I've seen, this is a better defensive team. This is a team that is capable of getting stops, communicating on the defensive end, making adjustments, and playing well on that end of the floor to give us an opportunity to not give easy baskets to the other team. Because, hey, Milwaukee's one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. You put up 115 points on the home floor tonight. They were the number one defensive team in the NBA going into tonight. The Hawks went up against a Bucks team that has a battering ram in Giannis. And I tweeted, and I talked about it last episode. Giannis, when he gets downhill, he has a knack for collapsing the defense. And when he continues to bludgeon you and bludgeon you, driving to the lane, getting baskets, getting to the foul line, and then you collapse your defense on Giannis to make things harder for him. He has the ability to pass out to his shooters and his shooters can knock down shots. We are fortunate that they miss some of those shots down the stretch, but that's the effect of Giannis. And that's something that I wish the Hawks would implement with Trey Young when he gets downhill. I know we have the pick and roll game and we have Trey Young's floater and he's getting better in the mid range. And obviously his three point shooting tonight was lethal, but Collapsing the defense to kick it out to a shooter is something I would like to see going forward from the Hawks. But there's a lot of knee-jerk reactions. Another thing that I want to address before I continue to go into the numbers for the team and look forward to Toronto, a lot of people complain about Nate McMillan. That's no secret. I will criticize Nate McMillan when he needs to be criticized, but I'll also throw him a bone when he's unfairly criticized. A lot of people complain that he doesn't call timeouts at the right time. He needs to call a timeout this time, this time, this time. And he does have a tendency to kind of let things play out to the absolute worst possible moment and then call a timeout. I thought tonight he did a great job of managing the game. I thought when Giannis started building some momentum, he would call a timeout. That was different from Nate McMillan. That's a step in the right, the right direction. He played this as, as if this was a playoff game, as if this was a championship-level game. And it felt like a championship-level game in October. And I even tweeted, shame to you guys who do not watch October basketball. I know there's a lot of football on. It's Saturday. College football is on. The World Series is on. The hockey season. There's a lot of sports on. But this was a hell of an NBA basketball game. And I thought that it was a hell of an NBA basketball game because the stars showed up, the level of competition, the level of fight in both teams, and both coaches managed the game well. 
I thought Nate McMillan did a really good job of calling timeouts to control the momentum and never let Milwaukee really run away with the game. I think that's something that he needs to continue to do going forward and get a practice of leading into the playoffs. And as much as you criticize Nate McMillan for the lack of timeouts, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I know that was a bad offensive foul. But now you guys are complaining, well, he called all the timeouts, so he couldn't challenge that offensive foul. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Come on, guys. Come on. If he wasn't calling those timeouts earlier in this in the in the game, we would have it would have gotten out of hand. I feel like there was moments where it really could have gotten out of hand, especially once Giannis got it going. One or two less timeouts would have led to the Hawks not being able to have a chance down the stretch, I think. No matter what Trey Young was doing on the offensive end. No matter what Murray was doing. So, you guys got to check yourself. We're going to check Nate. I'm going to check Nate. And I am not going to put tonight's loss on Nate McMillan. So, that's between you and the man above if you want to do that. But I just felt like I needed to say that. And I'm going to dive a little bit more into the numbers from tonight's game. But first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. In every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon, Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskies 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. And Ethos 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues. Beat Gary with All right, help we are back. Sports Ethos. Looking at the numbers, not as much bench participation tonight. Uh, six points from Okongwu, 10 from Holiday. So that's 16 there. Jalen Johnson uh, had a couple air ball three-pointers. He was back home in Milwaukee where he's from. Four points in 17 minutes. Three points from Aaron Holiday in 24 minutes. Got to get more from your bench. And A.J. Griffin only played five minutes. He was 0 for 2 from the field. But when you look at the team stats, and I'll give credit where credit's due right now, um, Giannis and Drew Holiday played their butts off. Giannis had his 34 points, 17 rebounds, a plethora of free throws. He was 50% from the floor. Broke Lopez was really instrumental in that first half. He had five three-pointers in the first half. Ended the game with 21 points on 8 of 12 shooting. He was 5 of 8 from 3, 6 rebounds. Drew Holiday found his shot tonight. 
probably with a family affair. The family brings out the best in you, and competition does as well. 34 points for Drew Holiday, 13 of 22 shooting from the floor, 3 of 7 from 3, 12 assists, 2 rebounds. I think he was the X factor tonight, in my opinion. He was definitely the X factor. You didn't get much from Javon Carter and Grayson Allen. Didn't get much from Ibaka. Six points combined for those three players. Bobby Portis didn't shoot well, but he ended up with nine points, ten rebounds, and four assists. Uh, Norwa, off the bench for the Bucks, had 11 points. Wesley Matthews had five. And then Beecham, the rookie, had three points uh, with one three-pointer there. It was pretty much, you know, Holiday, Giannis, and Lopez. That was the big three that helped carry the Bucks tonight. And it was Lopez in the beginning, Giannis and Giannis and Holiday in the middle to the end of the game. That's basically what happened. And it was team basketball, team basketball. And when you look at the numbers, 24 team assists for the Bucks, only 19 team assists for the Hawks. Again, y'all know my number, 25 team assists. We fell under it. We lost the game. We lost the game tonight. We needed to compete on the glass as far as rebounding. We got out-rebounded by seven. I'll take that. I will. That's a really good rebounding team in Milwaukee. I'll take that. 29 free throw attempts compared to 15 for the Hawks. I talked about the officiating already. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. Both teams shot well from the floor, 49% from the floor from the Bucks, and just under 48% for the Hawks. Bucks shot just under 39% from three. The Hawks shot just under 45% from three, thanks to a lot of Trey Young made three-pointers there. Steals, five tonight for the Hawks, two blocks, 13 turnovers. They scored nine points off the Bucks' turnovers. The Bucks scored 16 points off of Hawks' turnovers. Turnovers were an issue early in the game. Um, they kind of cleaned that up as the game went on. Hawks had 14 fast break points, outscored the Bucks in the paint, but the foul differential definitely was the difference maker in tonight's game, in my opinion. The foul differential in a lack of team assist, in my opinion, were the difference makers in tonight's game, which could have changed the momentum of this game. But still, the Hawks show that they are one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. They need to bring this level of competition, focus, and drive every single night. And you need to carry that over to Toronto. I mean, I'm, they're probably going to get on a plane tonight, fly over to Toronto, probably get, you know, watch some film, you know, get off their feet, maybe have a little practice tomorrow leading into the game on Monday night. I don't know their schedule off the top of my head, but that's what I imagine because Nick Nurse teams are well-coached teams and, like I said, even though the Raptors are 3-3, three and three, it shows that they can win some and they can lose some. So this is a winnable game for the Raptors, and the Raptors are going to have a few days rest, I imagine. Uh, they did not play tonight. They're not going to play tomorrow based on the schedule. So they're going to have a few days rest before they play at home in Toronto. So it's going to be it's going to be a matchup. It's going to be a matchup. Right now the Hawks are favored by ESPN Analytics to win that game. But certainly it's going to be a tough, tough matchup. 
The Raptors' wins this year are against the Cavaliers by three. They beat the Heat by eight on the road. They beat the 76ers by 10. And then their losses are to the Brooklyn Nets by four. They lost to the Heat by three. And they lost to the 76ers by 12. So they've only played three different opponents so far. The Cavaliers, the Nets, and the 76ers. And they had two, you know, back-to-back games against the Heat and the 76ers. So many playoff series like the Hawks had um, against the Detroit Pistons. But 3-3, three and three, they play some tough competition. And it's not going to get easier with the Hawks coming into Toronto. To start the year, the Raptors are 28th in the league in points per game. But they're fourth in the league in opponents' points per game. They've always been known as a really solid defensive team, and that's no surprise there. Their strength of schedule to start the year has been middle of the road. They have the second slowest pace in the NBA. They are 24th in offensive rating so far and 15th in defensive rating. This is a winnable game for the Hawks. This is a winnable game for the Atlanta Hawks. You know the usual suspects. You know Van Fleet. You know Scotty Barnes. You know Pascal Siakam. But this is a different Hawks team from last year that these that this Raptors team had success against. And hopefully this loss tonight sparks a competitive edge in this Atlanta Hawks team. And they take their frustrations as a team. Not just Trey Young, not just DeJounte Murray as a team. Spread the wealth. Get that shot distribution a little bit better. Get, feed John Collins. Feed DeAndre Hunter. Get A.J. Griffin some minutes. Make it more of a team win. Um, there was a great team performance tonight that was inflated due to a couple of individuals for the Atlanta Hawks. But I want to see another team performance going into Toronto. Coming into tonight, the Hawks were 12th in points per game in the NBA, 13th in opponents' points per game in the NBA, which is an improvement in the early part of the season. I'm going to continue to track this um, as we go on. The Hawks have the 12th fastest pace in the NBA. They're 7th in offensive rating to start the year and 11th in defensive rating. So definitely, they're a much improved defensive team. So hopefully they can get some stops, some key stops to kind of slow down an already abysmal offense in Toronto. So what really needs to be the focus is to continue to take care of the ball, move the ball. Last year, Toronto was not good as a rebounding team at all. Um, We need to continue to, as a team, make a concerted effort to get rebounds. I thought they surely competed tonight, and they need to continue that going forward. Looking at the numbers early on for the Toronto Raptors, they are a team that they, they had sticky fingers last year. They certainly have sticky fingers again this year. They are fourth in steals per game. Uh, they're a team that doesn't really turn the ball over that well, so we're going to need to force some mistakes defensively. And with us being an improved defensive team, I think that certainly is an opportunity there. Um, just... Not really great numbers to start the year. But again, Toronto has played some tough competition to start the year. And like I said, it's it's not like the Hawks are a step down in competition, certainly. I mean, we showed that tonight. But 
Hawks just need to take care of the ball, run their offense, um, spread out shot distribution, attack from multiple different angles, multiple different people. I would love to see about four people in double digits for the Hawks on Monday night. I would love to see four, maybe five. I would love to see the usual suspect, Murray, Young, Hunter, get John Collins involved. And if you can get a fifth, if they can get five players in double digits on Monday night against the Raptors, they're going to win the game. They're going to win the game. Simple as that. Four, I think it will be a closer game that you should win. Anything below four, I think you put yourself in dangerous territory. So we'll see how the Hawks respond. Definitely a a loss that stings tonight. But I'd rather lose like this than how we lost against the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be frank. That was a really good team in Milwaukee. Again, that is the only team in the NBA that's undefeated right now to start the season. And they're one of the better teams in the NBA right now. That's a team with a championship nucleus. They won a championship not too long ago. Has one of the best players in the NBA. And you go into their house and punch them in the gut and fall short on a bad call and some bad breaks in the fourth quarter that were out of your control for the most part. You'll take that. You'll learn from your mistakes. And hopefully they carry that. And they carry that not going to say anger, but that disappointment and channel it into something positive and go in Toronto and get a win on Monday night. And then they finish out on the road in New York where, you know, Trey loves to show out in New York. I would love to see the Hawks finish this road trip out 2-0 so that you only drop the contest in Milwaukee and you come back against a really good Pelicans team who should be healthy when they come into the State Farm Arena next Saturday night, and you feel pretty good about yourself after a pretty lengthy road trip. Come back home when your home crowd has been electric to start the season, and I'm sure that's going to be a packed game in the State Farm Arena against the Pelicans, but finish this road trip out strong. That is the focus going forward. Channel this hurt from tonight into basically beating two opponents that you should beat and you need to beat. I talked about before the season started. We need to win the season series against the Toronto Raptors. We need to. Because there were they're the X factor in the Eastern Conference as far as seeding goes. Beat them, get a win, especially on the road, steal the heart in Toronto, move on to the Knicks, beat them. They're playing well right now. And you already know how tough it is to play in Madison Square Garden, but you know that. It brings out the best in stars, and I'm sure DeJounte Murray and Trey Young will be ready to go into the garden and do battle. Uh, just looking ahead, the New York Knicks are 3-2 and two to start the year. Tibbs has them playing very well to start the season, so we will see. I cannot wait for the Hawks to get back on the court Monday, and I'm sure you cannot wait either. Uh, just to get some get back after tonight's loss. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. You know the drill. Share it with Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. Doesn't matter. Put them onto the show. Follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks. On Twitter, that's at Ethos Hawks. And follow myself on Twitter at Brad Jarrett 
767. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. We'll catch you guys after the game Monday night in Toronto. Let's go, Hawks, and have a great rest of your weekend. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.